Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton and Kelly Barner here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's show. On today's episode, we're going to be talking with a procurement leader and business consultant that has been deeply impacted by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but there's a ton of lessons to learn here. We look forward to a really a special episode, right, Kelly? Absolutely. And, you know, as we go into these conversations, we know a lot of our guests. Some of them are frequent returners, and we usually have some sense of maybe what we're going to learn. I'll speak for myself. I am really looking forward to learning over the next bit of time because I'm not 100% sure what we're going to hear in response to these questions. Yes, that is such an excellent point, Kelly. Uh, so we're all learning together. We're all in this journey together, and we're looking we forward to our guest perspectives here. Uh, on, a, on a lighter note, uh, a couple of program notes. Kelly, of course, these conversations are just part of uh, some of the things we're collaborating on. We've got the world-famous uh, DAPI for Procurement podcast here at Supply mm -hmm. Chain. Now, Kelly, have you really enjoyed your work there? Uh, always. I enjoy all of it. It's been fantastic. We've had great guests, combination of video interviews, live streams, a little bit of experimentation with solo pods. We've got a little innovation center going on there as well. Well, you know, those solo podcasts, those, um, I can't remember the stage name for them, but I, you know, we've gotten a lot of feedback there. And, you know, I, I, I love kind of that stream of consciousness sometimes that those types of, of uh, those types of content can offer. So, uh, home run stuff there. And for our history nerds out there, you got to check out this week in business history where Kelly and I dive into some of the best stories from our collective past uh, with new episodes drop Kelly every each and every Tuesday, right? They absolutely do. And it's always a surprise what we're going to cover. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. So um, folks, you're tuned into one heck of an episode here. We've got a very special guest. I'm going to take a few bullet points and just introduce our guest here, she spent more than 16 years in procurement and supply chain. She's managed to find savings of more than $170 million in her career. How about that? She's a CEO and co-owner of IPSM, the International Procurement and Supply Chain Management uh, Organization. And please join me in welcoming Marina Trepova. Hello, Marina, Hello. how are you doing? Hello, Scott. Hello, Kelly. Uh, Hi, I'm fine now. Yes. Uh, and I am in safe place. Thanks God. This is the most uh, answered question which uh, ask people me. And uh, I'm uh, in another country in uh, Portugal and uh, can um, continue my job and continue my activity. Mm. So that might be a, an important level setting uh, up front before we get to know more about you, uh, Marina. Um, you lived in Ukraine before you um, um, left to set up residence and, and work in Portugal here recently. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I lived so we're in gonna... Ukraine and I fled from uh, Ukraine uh, almost two months or so already. And now in Portugal, um, have a permanent residence. Mm. Um, 
So you're going to have to pardon us as we work through this conversation because um, this is new territory for us too. And, and I hope we don't ask questions the wrong way, just being upfront and honest here. Uh, it's hard, you know, everyone uh, with a pulse has seen uh, what's going on and collectively our hearts have broken uh, for so many of the great people that uh, have been impacted by the atrocities and the invasion. Um, before we get into that, Kelly Barner and, uh, Hey, Kelly, I know as my partner in crime, you'll, you're going to, we're going to work through together through this conversation, Absolutely. but, uh, on a much lighter note, Marina, let, let, let's talk about mm -hmm. your, uh, where you grew up and let's talk about, uh, those early days. What, uh, give us some anecdotes about your upbringing. Uh, I grew up in a small town near Kiev, so I still lived uh, for a long time, for almost all my life in this town. All my uh, professional life, educational life were connected with Kiev because it is very, very close. And uh, I, I said that my um, native place is uh, Boerka, this is small town, and Kiev as well because I love Kiev very, very very much and mm. it is really beautiful city and if we talk about my childhood and my um, young uh, teenager ages so I was very typical um, child I uh, went to school finish school uh, I finished um, musician school so I've, uh, I visited piano classes and uh, I like music uh, very much. It is part of my life. Uh, I like ballet, um, opera music a lot. Thanks God we have such possibility to enjoy music and different uh, musical performance in Kiev. I, I really like it very much. And uh, I finished... Hey, Marina, um, if I can interrupt you yeah. just for a second. What's your favorite? So you, do you still play? Music? Favorite, yeah, favorite music. Uh, I like uh, Latina. I like um, very much. I like different uh, souls. For example, um, Sting, Chilentana. So di different, different kind of music. And of course, I like uh, different classical music. Chopin, Tchaikovsky. Unfortunately, now it, it is part of. Uh, um, uh, unpleasant moment, I would say, connected with Russia and uh, also uh, Mozart, uh, Beethoven. It is uh, my favorite um, music, which I like to listen. And uh, also I like uh, some light jazz, so different music. Wow. It, really quick, <laughs> Kelly. Um, I was just talking with our, our team uh, yesterday. We had a little fun um, kind of an after work coffee session. We were comparing, contrasting our music interests. And I thought that uh, some of our team members had a very eclectic mix of musical faves. I think Marina has just topped that. That was quite uh, a variety of different musical styles there. Uh, can you relate to any of that, Kelly? Well, you know, the funny thing about procurement people, Scott and, and Marina, I'd be interested to hear if you feel the same way. Nobody ever set out to be in procurement ever and so while i will say marina you're the first person i think i've ever spoken to that went to school for music and somewhere took a hook and ended up in procurement i am not surprised to find out that you are talented in something that has absolutely nothing to do with procurement and supply chain 
So Lorraine. Yes, and, mm -hmm. yes. So, so uh, thank you for letting me interrupt you for a second as we talked about music. Music is one of these things we love talking about here. You were about to share a few other anecdotes uh, of your upbringing uh, growing up in Kiev. Uh, so tell us more about that. Um, uh, when I finished the school, I, um, uh, go, went to, um, economic university, Kiev economic university, and it was, uh, economic and management, uh, faculty. So, uh, I'm educated, uh, economical professional, I would say, yes, I have a Bachelor of Economy and uh, uh, Master of Economy, and I tried myself in different uh, profession, in different spheres, really, I uh, searching for myself um, for a long time, and um, before procurement, I worked uh, many years in marketing and advertising, in a research marketing agency, in advertising agency. So uh, uh, I uh, occupied different positions and uh, I, I liked it very much. But uh, when I gave birth uh, my second child, I decided to change my um, style of job, I would say, yes, and uh, go from uh, transfer from advertising agency to the client. So I was looking for different positions and uh, um, it happened that uh, I found one, one position, uh, marketing services uh, buyer. Okay, so let's pause for a second because you've, sh you've shared uh, a, a, uh, kind of a front end of your professional journey and then a big segue, which you're gonna, is going to tee up, us up for the rest of the conversation. What did you love about sales and marketing? And, and beyond that, what is maybe one thing that that role really taught you about uh, the global business world? I occupied uh, manager of project positions and account manager positions. And before account manager positions, I was junior um, manager. Uh, I um, worked with Ukrainian uh, clients and with international clients. For example, my first client was um, um, tobacco company Riemstma, now they changed uh, the name, yes, and uh, McDonald's, so it was a very interesting experience for me uh, from different parts of this activity, really, but it was a very different, interesting experience, and uh, uh, then I uh, helped uh, for uh, local Ukrainian um, companies and local Ukrainian brands. So what I liked most, most of all, I liked uh, um, to provide with uh, interesting uh, and creative results. I like atmosphere of creativity, atmosphere of freedom. So I, I like freedom in general very much. And uh, also, I like to have results, to see these results, because when you work with the client, you can provide them with results and to feel this satisfaction that at least 
we have what client wants or maybe just suppose this client wants something so sometimes I don't want what they want your but, job to help them and sometimes they don't listen do they marina sometimes they don't listen but talk about results 170 million dollars in found savings throughout your career thus far right um kelly i want to get you to weigh in before we talk about what marina does now uh, I, I heard a lot of, of passion and and love for what she's done thus far in her career. Um, what'd you hear there, Kelly? I think the thing that's of greatest interest to me, and, and again, this would be a, a procurement thing, to be a marketing services buyer is a very special position to be good at for a couple of reasons. Buying services is a lot more complicated than buying widgets, components, materials. Right, because you're trying to come up with specs and requirements that relate to people. And there's so much more subjectivity there. But marketing services above and beyond that, there's so much creative, so comparing things. And typically, the marketing team in the organization, not a huge fan of procurement. So to be in that position, you have to be not only excellent at your job, but extremely good at working with other groups of people some of whom definitely don't listen all the time, um, but you have to be an effective collaborator and you have to be really good at the fundamentals as well as sort of the people skills that surround that. Well, uh, Kelly, you're absolutely right. Please, uh, feel <laughs> they free They don't to... like us, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so uh, Marina, feel free to comment on that and then we're gonna talk about what you do now, expand a little more on what you do now. So is Kelly, Kelly sounds like she's, She's right on the mark, huh? Yes, Kelly, absolutely right. And this is very, um, very difficult position and very sensitive position. And it is uh, the challenge to, to be part of a marketing team, I would say, yes, to, to have the trust from from marketing team and uh, it was the most challengeable um, approach for me that they start to believe me and uh, start to trust me that I can really help them. So uh, it was my my first task from my boss to get this trust, to, to earn this trust, yes, and to um, to give them that I can provide them with real results and with real help. Uh, and at the same time, it was very difficult, but it was very, very interesting because um, I realized that I love this job very much. So first of all, I understand people. I would understand people and I feel people very good. So that is why I again back into the services and create my company to provide services. If you don't understand, don't feel people, you can't uh, propose and provide services and people will not be happy. And uh, I provide the services for my internal clients. So I built a very fruitful relationships with them and I invest a lot in collaboration and in education of these people. So I talk with them one language, first of all, because I went from um, 
marketing agencies from advertising agencies. I know the market very good. I talk with them one language and I explain them uh, many things, uh, how I propose to cooperate and work with them. So, uh, and also I uh, were with them on different stages of the projects, not only in procurement part or tendering bidding part, but all stages. For example, uh, I explained them uh, that uh, I can bring them um, value if they will involve me in the early beginning stage. And uh, I helped them to develop uh, briefs and uh, requests for proposals uh, to, to have uh, very good results in tendering process. Then I spent with them on all stages of tendering process. And in the end, on this stage of implementation, I also were with them. So they feel my support and my help and then understand that i am not uh they don't they didn't feel gap between us yes they understand that we all on the one page and i explain uh my marketing team uh, agencies all players on the market that we are all one team and we need to work uh according to the certain rules and these rules uh, like this so i developed these rules i explained everything i uh go step by step sometimes with small steps but uh, i had results and um, like the recognition of my efforts and the recognition uh, of all these uh, um, investments that i um, um, i worked in a big international company this is it was um, uh, japan tobacco international and we have uh, uh, so-called uh, cis team uh, all previous soviet uh, uh, union countries and we worked as a one team and I helped my colleagues to implement the same approach in Kazakhstan, in Russia, in Belarus, in Georgia, etc. So it means that I did something right <laughs> and uh, <laughs> provide this experience yeah. uh, to other countries. So uh, all of that experience, I'm, I'm sure rolls up into a lot of what you do now, right? Uh, uh, with, uh, let's see here, IPSM, International Procurement and Supply Chain Management. So, so you, you're still, you're continuing to do many of those things. You just, you just laid out for us, right? As you're in your current role as co-owner and CEO, mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah. So what, um, before we switch gears here, um, what is your favorite, can you give us a favorite recent result or a favorite recent project? Um, that, that, that really just epitomizes why you do what you do, that, that you really enjoyed? Um, it's interesting question because uh, we did uh, different projects in different spheres. And uh, for me, the most, uh, my, my favorite result or valuable results, it is when uh, client trust us and believe that we can help them. It is the most uh, important thing in uh, my job. And it doesn't matter if this client big or small, is it big or small company. And it, it doesn't matter if we have 
um, many millions results or tens thousands uh, dollars for example yes for euros results so it doesn't matter and uh, of course we have uh, many um, different uh, different companies the different spheres where we provided our projects and um, I can just mention uh, some of them in um, agriculture uh, um, market uh, one small company comparing with us Ukrainians one small company uh, couldn't mention we couldn't manage with um, their procurement activity so they didn't have even a procurement department and uh, CEO were, uh, was very skeptic uh, to work with the consultant but uh, he was pushed uh, by um, internal auditors, by uh, owners to do something with uh, procurement. And uh, he starts to work with us. And um, after three months of our cooperation, he said that it was the most successful cooperation and project with consultant, which he ever faced and had in his experience. And uh, we increased uh, the scope of our activity in the contract uh, with a couple of months. And the amount of contract was not so big, huge, but the impact was uh, wow awesome. and very effective. Yes, awesome. Mm. And we are very, very happy. And from other hand, we have another had another project. Uh, uh, it was uh, very short, but um, uh, we, we did a lot because we helped uh, um, the owners of big um, company from um, uh, energy market, energy producer to evaluate uh, and help them to evaluate the amount of the contract and help them to prepare for negotiation and for Q&A process, um, for acquisition process. And uh, we did this job very good. We calculated uh, all elements uh, for the contract and uh, our our client uh, was successful in this negotiation and they get all kpis which they had uh, in this uh, acquisition process so i think that such results inspire us and inspire other market players that uh, it's worth it and uh, uh, such activities, such cooperation with consultants can be very, very successful. Agreed. Success also begets success. And, and going back to your first yes. example there, uh, once you, you know, trust is a blessed thing. You know, with yes. it, you can move mountains. Uh, you can get $170 million in savings and beyond. And I love how, how excited that made you once that, that, uh, that, um, trusted bond was established that's so important all right so kelly before we shift gears i'll give you a, a chance to comment on what you heard there from marina sure i mean in in truth it even goes beyond trust right because marina as you shared there was a company with no procurement that was very skeptical of the value proposition 
And everyone loves to be forced to do something by an auditor. Right? <laughs> when an auditor says, you have to do this thing you already didn't want to do, people drag their feet, even if it's not literally. So building trust in that kind of a scenario, Marina, I think the fact that you survived marketing services procurement has set you up to be very successful at winning people over to the value proposition and, and truly the benefits of working through a formal procurement process. So kudos to you. Many of uh, many other procurement professionals would not have been equally successful under those circumstances. Excellent point. Excellent point. Yeah. Um, okay. So Marina, I know we're just scratching the surface of what you've done in industry to this point. Uh, I love the spirit and, and the passion for which, uh, with which that you do it. Um, we'll have to have you back on uh, later this later in the year, but, um, let's talk about, uh, you know, we all know everybody and their brother and their sister knows what's going on, of course, uh, in, in Ukraine. And, um, it's a fast evolving situation. As you mentioned earlier, uh, you, you and your family fleed and you're now in Portugal, um, for our listeners, uh, share a little bit about how what's going on in Ukraine has impacted not just your you and your family, but also your work family. Um, you all uh, watch uh, news and you know that uh, we still have a war and uh, we are preparing for the second, second stage of this war and uh, saying about me, I believe that we, can, we win and uh, Ukraine will be very... Uh, successful and happy country. But now, unfortunately, we still have a war. We have uh, uh, dead people, children, and destroyed uh, houses, destroyed infrastructure, destroyed companies, etc. So uh, our economy in Ukraine decreased 45%. And back to uh, my family, uh, I'm here with my son, and part of my family still stay in Ukraine because for men it is forbidden to to to, to leave country and uh, millions of our men uh, stay in their houses or um, other regions my husband in our house and uh, my daughter stay in the west part of ukraine with her boyfriend and uh, um, if we talk about my uh, working family, yes, my company uh, employees, so we are in different places. Some of them uh, left Ukraine, some of them uh, stay in Ukraine. We, uh, we try to continue our day-to-day -day activity. Uh, unfortunately, the scope of our projects decreased. Uh, almost all companies in Ukraine faced with this problem. And uh, anyway, we continue to support each other. We communicate each other. During many weeks, we start our day with uh, hello in uh, chats, in messengers, just to be sure that everybody alive and uh, their relatives and uh, parents alive as well. So it was part of our um, wake up uh, procedure, I would say. Yes, first of all, you check all your relatives, then friends, colleagues, etc. And uh, of course, for us, it's very important to support uh, as much as possible. Uh, um, 
moral uh, in, in moral some activities yes we have a course we uh, support financial as much as it's possible and uh, we, we changed uh, our activities we uh, stop our investments and we decrease our marketing activities because now it's not time for for, for these activities unfortunately we cancelled uh, our um, planned uh, international conference which we uh, conduct uh, every year in Kyiv. It's a big, big project and we uh, planned to do it. We prepared even before New Year for this uh, great event and many people um, were waited for this event but, uh, but now th this year uh, it, it is cancelled and I hope uh, next year we can do it and uh, support all uh, procurement and supply chain professionals in Ukraine with fresh knowledge and support all these people so this is what our life and uh, we changed our focus we are looking for international projects now and we continue to support uh, uh, local procurement and supply chain professionals in ukraine to give them some information to connect people just to support with words and uh, with uh, advices what, what we can do now and uh, of course we are thinking now how we will help ukraine and uh, professional procurements when uh, the war end and when we can start to rebuild uh, and re renew ukraine so that is what we are doing in our day-to-day -day activity marina that um there's so much there that uh, is a wake-up call i think for many of our listeners you know, uh, just one thing you mentioned, one of all, all, so much you mentioned, and by the way, I admire not only your bravery, uh, but your, your optimism, right? Mm -hmm. When this war ends and when we get a chance to get back in there and rebuild, I share that with you. Um, but, you know, to start your day with a wake up call to make sure everybody's still with us. That is such a sobering activity to do that most people will never be able, thankfully, maybe hopefully, and, and, and hopefully that we can stop that activity or, or the need to do that on you and your family and your work family's uh, mornings soon. But Kelly, that, that just will stop you in your tracks and brings a sense of reality that most people maybe are not familiar with. No, it, it puts a lot of things into perspective. And Scott, you know better than anybody through some of the other work that you've done. It's really like everyone going through this situation is now a veteran of the experience, right? There are so many times where I might be having what I consider to be a hard day. And then I listen to veteran voices, right? Mm. And you think, okay, I'm going to recalibrate. I'm not having a hard day. Or I think I'm having a tough week and I turn on the news. Right. And I see news coming out of Ukraine, even the most inspiring things. The backdrop reminds you, keep it in perspective. You're not having a hard week. Um, mm. So it has been amazing. And Marina, we admire the spirit of the Ukrainian people. Like I can't tell you those still in country, those abroad supporting loved ones and family members and friends in country. It's just been an absolutely spectacular thing to watch mm. and we share your optimism for the situation. Mm. 
Um, yes, thank you, Kelly. Thank you. People ask me, sorry, people ask me how you can smile in this situation. But I say that uh, we still alive, thanks God, and yeah. we need to continue our lives, support each other and support our children because they need our support and we can't cry all the time. We need to have some stability and uh, some uh, thoughts about future. It gives us uh, possibility to go further. Mm. Okay, so Kelly, I, um, you know, as I share on the front end, sometimes you just don't, as we have these conversations, and these interviews, uh, I feel dumb asking certain questions given everything else that's going on that, that both of you are speaking to. But again, um, Marina, I appreciate you sharing all of that with us and and um, uh, opening the eyes of some of the folks that hadn't had the opportunity to, to talk with someone like you that's been personally impacted, but still, um, you know, move on and, and, and get to the priorities of your day and, and keep your eye on when all of this will come to an end. Uh, so thank you very much for sharing. So Kelly, with that said, on, a, on something so much lighter, but you know, also pulling pulling the perspective and the expertise of yeah. Marina here. That is that's part of the good news here, right? Absolutely, no, it is. And and Marina, so one of the things that we would love to hear more about is maybe how what you've lived through has changed your perspective as a procurement mm -hmm. professional. You know, one of the things, and, and we'll talk a little bit later about, you know, maybe overlap or division between procurement and supply chain. But one of the things over the last few years that everyone has had in their role is risk. Um, and I would be interested to know how what you have seen and what you have experienced has maybe affected your perspective on scenario planning, right? There, there tend to be likely scenarios, slightly more likely, less likely. Scott's in a warm place. He's probably not too worried about blizzards. I'm in the Northeast, not too worried about tornadoes, just to use a weather example. Most of us do not work for companies that have a wartime plan. And so I would be interested to know maybe how your thoughts about scenario planning from a corporate perspective and as a consultant have been affected by what you've gone through. <clears throat> yes, uh, it is. Um... One of the most important topic now from my point of view, and I mentioned already in my articles and my posts and in some recent interview which I gave uh, to uh, Procurement Magazine. And uh, I was a fan of risk management and uh, backup uh, plans, b plan B, plan C to create these plans. Yes. And I provided uh, always uh, on my trainings and for my clients these messages that you need to create um, risk management metrics and risk management plan you need to implement. And uh, for some categories, procurement categories, it is obligatory because uh, there are some uh, critical procurement materials or services. You need to mitigate this risk. You need to yeah. understand how you will manage this risk. And uh, during last years, I understand it very good that uh, this is key to success uh, in current world. 
So maybe I just felt something, I don't know, because sometimes I can't explain why it's important for me, but I push this message to procurement environment, to our visitors of webinars, uh, conference, etc. And I explain that it is critical and important in procurement and in supply chain. And um, last years, so uh, it looks like universe prepared us for for for, for these events and uh, showed us that we need to be uh, not so. Um, sure in next uh, days for example or months and we shouldn't think that everything will still the same as previous years the world is changing and we need to change our uh, mindset our activity and our behavior and of course our business according to this changing so it means that if you uh, don't have um, this habit to uh, evaluate risks and this uh, practice and habit to implement this risk plan to your um, day-to-day activity and to your procurement strategy. If you don't have your continuity procurement plan, so you will mm. fail. Yes, and uh, you need to have it, uh, of course, for um, big uh, production companies or big businesses, it is more important. But for small businesses as well, it is also very important. And you need to know and understand how markets can be changed uh, in different situations and what what do you want to do what what will you do yes uh, when you face with these problems so uh, i explained that this a uh, part of uh, um, knowledge and activity is very important now for procurement we can't yeah. think that somebody will calculate it for example financial analyst or credit management analyst or special group will provide us with this plan. No, you're responsible for your sourcing activity. You're responsible yes. for your vendors and suppliers. You need mm-hmm. to develop this plan and deliver this plan to all your stakeholders and all colleagues and negotiate this plan with key mm-hmm. suppliers. And you and your suppliers need to know how to react and how to behave in different situations. So that is the main um, learning lessons which I would like to uh, tell uh, to our listeners, to your, to, to your uh, listeners of uh, this uh, podcast and to all procurement professionals. And of course, you need to include geopolitical topics into your yes. uh, risk management uh, plan and uh, metrics. It is very, very important. Yeah. Now, you mentioned those key suppliers and supplier relationships have been so unbelievably important over the last couple of years. I don't know if you share my perspective. I feel like we've talked about supplier relationships for 10 years, 15 years, but we didn't actually realize and feel how important they were and start taking meaningful steps towards investing in them and making them real relationships until we were so tested by first the pandemic and now certainly the challenges that companies are experiencing in Ukraine. What have you learned about 
some specific key suppliers or about supplier relationships that also might provide an example for companies based here in the West that aren't under the same pressures, but would like to build stronger relationships with their suppliers. Uh, Kelly, you are absolutely right. That last uh, three years, uh, these years are um, period of SRM, supplier relationship management in procurement and supply chain. So from the first week of uh, COVID uh, period, quarantine uh, in March, I wrote my first post in Facebook and in LinkedIn about uh, suppliers. So I said that your first focus now suppliers. So you shouldn't uh, squeeze them, you shouldn't uh, press them, you shouldn't uh, in include uh, all, all <laughs> penalties, etc., uh, right. which is mentioned in yeah. the contract. You should sit and talk with them. You should listen to them and you should ask questions. How we can manage all these difficult situations all together? And uh, what I saw in, for example, Ukraine and in many other countries, countries what happened with suppliers, so uh, they start to talk with them, especially with key suppliers. So their activity, uh, procurement activity, supply chain activity, were focused on uh, relationship with suppliers, how to support them, how to uh, stay alive all together with suppliers, yes, how to, um, to, uh, to have not disruptive uh, supply chain and uh, do we have back plans as well, yes. And now uh, we talked uh, yesterday with uh, procurement professionals and with uh, my other colleagues about what happened now. And they say that all suppliers now so flexible, nobody didn't want to uh, stop the contract. They didn't include these uh, penalties uh, in the contract and they postponed uh, their period of payment. So they said they are waiting for payment. They uh, cut it uh, uh, amount of payment for small amounts and they said we will wait. Don't worry. We understand everything. So all participants of the conversation uh, which I conducted to understand what happening on the market said that uh, they have very good relations with, with suppliers. Of course, unfortunately, some suppliers disappeared because they faced with bankruptcy right. or, or unfortunately even destroyed in some uh, eastern part of uh, Ukraine. Yes, we, we understand that it is a war, but who still alive, uh, they understand everything and they are very client-oriented. And 
from the part of procurement, uh, company becomes very supplier oriented. So yeah. this is the period of building and maybe supporting the bridge. Yes, if your bridge is not so good, so you need to some ma- making repairing of this bridge and SRM and oh, and only now procurement and supply chain professionals understand what does it mean SRM. It is not only words or for yeah. example IT systems as I understand in previous years yes SRM mm-hmm. it is something like SAP we do some activities with vendor yeah. management etc etc yeah. yes we have data we analyze the data this is SRM but real SRM when you understand market and you talk with market always yes and you build your image of the customer of the company with um, suppliers and build this image uh, on their market and you invest in these relationships it is the most Mm. important because people doing business and uh, we cannot conclude people from uh, this process so this part of the process will not be digitalized anyway so we need to understand that robots can't substitute us in this part of activity they can provide us with data they can provide us with some conclusions and recommendations Mm -hmm. but building relationships with internal stakeholders with suppliers it is the most important part of the job now and in future in procurement and supply chain part Mm. from my point of view so kelly before you respond if i could just add Mm -hmm. um of course two two things two lessons i think that that uh, we've all learned together and marina is really speaking to uh number one suppliers remember so however you treat them Forever. Will remember, right? And then number mm-hmm. two, I think as we've all learned, given the toilet paper fiasco of the <laughs> last couple of years, you better hang on and squeeze the Charmin, but don't squeeze the suppliers, right? Mm-hmm. So two, two, <laughs> two lessons to learn and live and buy. Uh, but Kelly, what else did you hear there? And, and I'll add a third to that, Scott. And this is where <laughs> I thought you were going. Deeds, not words. Well, right? absolutely. We've, yes. we've talked. So we love our acronyms and procurement. And there was always SPM and SRM. SPM mm. is supplier performance management. SRM is supplier relationship management. But that little leg coming down from the bump on the R is so small that sometimes <laughs> we would forget it was there. And we would mm. say SRM, but our deeds would be SPM. And I think that's really what has hopefully switched now over the last couple of years. 100%. If I had an emoji, I could pop up. It'd be 100%. Lots and lots of 100%. So <laughs> both of you are making such uh, outstanding points. Um, yeah. So Kelly, as we dive a little bit deeper in Marina's yes. procurement thought leadership, where are we going next? So we have a couple more questions sort of about taking what you've learned about business continuity and and keeping procurement going, um, really putting it into action. So, you know, we talk about having risk mitigation plans or backup strategies and suppliers are a key part of that. So we might say, if I can't get this product or service from supplier A, then my backup strategy is either to switch all or part of the demand to supplier B, which is a lovely idea. 
But in reality, it's not a switch flip. There are phone calls and processes and things to be worked out and money to move and all of those complications. What would you say are the things that we tend to either oversimplify about putting a backup plan into play or maybe just don't think through until we've actually been in the position of having to take a backup plan off the shelf and put it into the game? Um, I think that uh, you need to think about it. You need to develop this plan. You need to discuss this plan with uh, all stakeholders inside the company. And you, you shouldn't close the eyes and think, oh, it's, it will not happen because I think it will not happen and uh, forget about it. Uh, I know that for some people it is the strategy and uh, they they did it, in, implement the strategy and still implement the strategy. And sometimes my husband behaves like this. Oh, it cannot be happened, never will happen. And uh, when I predicted some events, he said, oh, you're a switch. <laughs> you predict. <laughs> <laughs> you predict many things yes but it's uh, yes a joke but it's part of life some people mm. uh, behave like this and uh, unfortunately and uh, i i think that uh, you you're a professional and you should act uh, like a professional and you should have toolbox with different instruments and provide with your proposals and with your predictions and with your calculations and uh, maybe top management maybe CEO think uh, okay uh, this scenario will not happen and uh, we will not invest resources money time into this scenario but you are prepared you you have everything you calculated everything and you you need to to have it and even if it will be some very small actions for example testing some samples some materials yes or just started some negotiations with suppliers just to to try to understand can it work and uh, uh, can they they produce for example some um, materials to substitute uh, existing suppliers or even to substitute five percent of uh, volume uh, producing yeah. by existing suppliers so you need to uh, make some actions looking for these uh, potential suppliers visiting exhibitions uh, visiting some uh, marketplaces etc this is part of um, mitigation plan yes yeah? this is some actions to 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 decrease this risk uh, even if you have uh, these um, suppliers uh, on the stage of uh, testing and negotiations but it is some action instead of doing nothing yeah and you know maybe just one more sort of procurement operational question marina before i i send you back to scott for for more discussion you know there's what procurement does traditionally there's what supply chain does traditionally, but as we start working more and more closely with our first tier suppliers, and in some cases go into the supply chain to actually work with them, with their suppliers, how do you think maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, the ideas of procurement and supply chain either 
from a skills perspective, from a benefits perspective, from a process perspective, how are those two practices maybe still distinct or maybe moving closely together? What observations would you have around that? I mean, how deep uh, procurement should go in supply chain and uh, analyze? Yeah, I think and that's a to know that's a good way to look at it. Exactly. Maybe what should procurement try to learn more about what's classically mm -hmm. considered supply chain in order to be good at the mm -hmm. things that we need to do today? Mm -hmm. Very good question, because um, uh, very often I start my explanation how everything it works uh, for many people, for procurement, for logistics, for top <laughs> management, I just mapping them all supply chain process and supply chain network. Yes, to explain how it works and how everything interconnects. And I explained that uh, um, procurement should understand and know very good uh, the early beginning stages of the process and uh, to know tier one, it is obligatory, of course, but tier two or tier three and understand very good all markets and all sources where it comes from and uh, till the uh, till the stage when you see the final results. Yes, for example, um, uh, some um, metal details or some um, coconut oil. So how yes. it's created <laughs> in the pack this yeah. coconut oil which you use Absolutely. for pro producing many things, for example, yes, mm -hmm. but you need to understand it very good and which factors influence on different stages on the market, on uh, suppliers of suppliers, 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 yes, and uh, that, then you will understand, uh, first of all, how to predict um, behavior on this market and situation on this market and uh, which leverages you have to change the situation and in to, to to bring the value to your company yes it's not only about economy but it is about the value mm -hmm. and then the most important unfortunately when we are talking about transactional activity of procurement they don't understand how their activity influence on the final results. So yeah. they just see their part of the activity, but this part is very important. And they don't feel, don't understand, for example, how their job influence on the final product and happiness or unhappiness of uh, final customers or are they satisfied or not satisfied so what does it mean for them so they don't feel uh, the full involvement into the process and uh, from this perspective i uh, i'm sure that uh, all procurement and supply chain uh, specialists, they should know very good uh, what they are doing and they should understand how uh, everything interconnected and how it works like clocks, yeah. yes, these wheels in the clocks. Yes. And uh, I have a very good example in one project uh, when these different parts of supply chain they don't understand each other don't understand uh why it doesn't work and they had very bad results and they have um, some spoiled product etc so they have some problems and we just say 
the first stage of uh, our process, transformation process, you just need to meet once or two times per week and discuss your problems and see, analyze the figures. So just uh, week by week, week by week, you need to understand how it is interconnected and uh, how different processes influence of each other. So it is very simple things. But after some months, they said, oh, we understand how it works. We understand yeah. now that we need transformation and we go deeper. <laughs> now we uh, hear each other. We changed uh, some elements of the process and we go further to the production part and we... Mm-hmm. I want to um, improve some production process to 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 decrease level of of uh, uh, fails products level of bad production results. So yes, it works like this, and uh, and uh, supply chain it is more than logistics. Unfortunately, many people think that supply chain is logistics but it is not logistics. It is very complicated things. And uh, uh, half of a year I wrote uh, that uh, now uh, all people in the world know what does it mean supply chain because they don't have their products in time. That's right. Yes. Yes, lead time decreased, uh, price decreased. Why it happened? Mm. Wow! Right, everything changed. Yes, and now everybody understands what is logistics and what is supply chain. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it is. Uh, you know the way we view it here. It, it, it is that it's more of the the ecosystem uh, mm. than just mm-hmm. and, and not say just, but the backbone. You know, transportation logistics being the backbone of global supply chain. So that's a great point. Arena that we loved making around here time and time again. Um, okay, so I really enjoyed, and I've got my eighteen pages of notes just out of view here uh, from uh, the last few questions and whatnot. And Marina, thanks so much for your time. I got one question before we make sure folks know how to connect with you. Uh, based on your experience, which which procurement skills would you say are most transferable? to critical situations, no matter of kind of the functional space where, where you may uh, be a professional in? As I already mentioned that uh, communication, it is the most critical things, uh, which is very important, like in private life and business life, it is very, very important to talk to people and uh, ability to listen people. It is very difficult. Unfortunately, not everybody can listen to people. The second is uh, critical thinking. So you need to stop. uh, You need not panic and to think critical uh, about information which you get and about decisions which you need to to make at this moment, for example. Yes. Uh, Then it is uh, very important to um, have a plan. So ability to develop plans 
it is like not in critical situation, but to be prepared for critical situation. Uh, I think that many procurement professionals, supply chain professionals uh, understand it and make lessons learning for the future that you need to have a plan. Um, as minimum for critical activity for critical procurements yes and uh, analytical skills is very important so we have a huge uh, huge uh, information a lot of information and a lot of data and you need to understand uh, which information you need uh, which data you need and how to analyze this uh, all information and which conclusion you need to do. So, uh, first of all, uh, ability to work with this information, capacity to work the, with this information and uh, making uh, decisions, making conclusions. And, of course, we mentioned already about leadership. If you are a leader, if you want to make a position of the leader in supply chain and in procurement process, you need to have a, a um, brave, I would say, yes, to, 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 to make this responsibility, to take this responsibility and to make decisions, make conclusions and make proposals to act or to react in proper way so, and deliver your decisions. So uh, this is part uh, is not very powerful still in procurement. Unfortunately, many procurement professionals say, oh, my part is so small. Yes, I am very small part of the process. What can I change? <laughs> yes, and I listen, I hear it very, very often. And I explain that you can change a lot, dear my colleagues. So uh, changing in small part of the process can uh, bring a lot of value. Economy, yes, but sometimes and very often it is not economy. Mm -hmm. It is uh, helping to to keep stable supply chain yes it is helping in bringing innovations etc etc so leadership and uh, uh, your very clear and stable position and delivering this this position is very important in critical situations because you need to take this responsibility and to be responsible for your actions. Yeah. Mm. A lot of good stuff uh, there, Kelly. Uh, and, and I would argue a lot of it applying directly to procurement skills, but there, there's lots of broader plays there. Uh, you know, yes. starting the first thing she mentioned is communication. You know, we, mm -hmm. we, I think we all take communication for granted so often, and I see it where I see it most is when we're doing problem solving kind of outside of what I'll call work, um, you know, uh, spare part issues for appliances, for example, we've all probably experienced a lot of that in the last three or four years, just trying to nail down part numbers and dates and, and just specifics so that we kind of know how to simplify the problem. And then we can get to hopefully, you know, keep it small and keep the solution yeah. required small rather than blow it up and all of a sudden in quick order, you've lost sight of the facts, right? And when you lose sight of the facts, regardless of your current supply chain or, or you're not even in your know, global supply chain, uh, you lose the ability 
to keep it small, keep the solution and, and keep it to be a small headache. So anyway, but Kelly, that was one of my favorite parts that Marina really spoke to. How about you? I, I think she's right on about the procurement mindset. We think, oh, we're so small. How much can we do? <laughs> and then you think about what we learn from an environmental perspective that, and I may not get this 100% right, but if something happens to the honeybee, everything on earth falls apart. The whole That's ecosystem right. naturally falls apart, right? Little tiny, seemingly harmless, fuzzy little bumblebee in your flower out your window. <laughs> if they go away, right? So even the tiniest little player has an important role to play in the overall system. Um, I think Marina's right. I think a lot of procurement professionals do think small. Um, I think we're starting to think a little bit bigger, but we still have some work to do in that area. Well, you know, as, as cool as procurement's gotten, we can't use a honeybee example anymore. It's gotta be more like the, the, the great white shark or the grizzly bear, or, or maybe, you know, I, I'm just kidding a little bit, but it's really cool to see how, how important procurement has become um, in light of recent events. So uh, it's a profession with a lot more respect with the, that's earned a seat at the table. So Marina, um, you know, it doesn't do justice again, you know, as Kelly mentioned, we're big on deeds, not words around here. And, and, you know, um, there's sometimes you just want to reach through and, and, you know, not only give folks a hug, but fix what's going on, stop what's going on, you know, so we can, we can, you know, get back to, um, those smaller problems that are still problems in, in industry. And, and, uh, so hopefully we can reconnect with you, uh, maybe a few months down the road, but in the meantime, you know, I, I love the work you do. You know, you hit our radar when you were being interviewed for um, a big procurement magazine out there, I think. Uh, and I love that you don't, you know, you keep giving all this. You've got so much to give, right? Uh, and as you said earlier, you know, your your charge is to be optimistic. Your charge is to keep moving forward. Uh, and, and you're helping so many people. So how can folks kind of tap into what you do? How can they connect with you? Um, so uh, you connected with me via LinkedIn and I'm active on LinkedIn page. Uh, you can find me uh, there. Also, you can find me on Facebook. I am active on Facebook. I post my thoughts, my recommendations, uh, different information. LinkedIn more professional and Facebook uh, different part of my life, professional goals, uh, my private life and uh, my thoughts about uh, the world, Ukraine, etc. And uh, if you like it, uh, I will uh, have your request and accept your requests uh, on Facebook and we will in contact and LinkedIn, of course, as well. I always happy to have uh, people professional in any sphere, not only in procurement. Well said. And, you know, we're going to make it really easy for our listeners, right? We're going to... Uh publish some of those social links that um, Marina has been speaking to. You're one click away by checking out the episode page. So uh, just, you know, you've made our, our week here, our day, our month, you name it. Um, um, a lot of inspiring point of view and insights and disposition, really, uh, from my perspective here today. Uh, Kelly, before we, we thank and say goodbye to Marina, any final thoughts on your end, Kelly? Just that, Marina, please, let's absolutely stay in touch. Uh, I, clearly, all of the distance between us and the difference in our circumstances, every single thing that you said about procurement today resonates with me. So clearly, there's an awful lot of commonality. I'm thrilled to have met you. 
Um, and I am looking forward to staying connected and, and learning from you in the future. Mm, absolutely. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm very happy to talk with you today. Thank you. Let's do it. So uh, again, everybody, uh, make sure you connect and follow and engage with our wonderful guests here today. Uh, big thanks to uh, Marina Trepova, uh, co-owner and CEO at International Procurement and Supply Chain Management. Thanks so much, Marina. Wow. Um, Kelly, so much there, uh, really. Uh, there's, you know, even without the backdrop, holy cow, Marina is a dynamo. And then the backdrop uh, and, and some of her thoughts there, really uh, a jam-packed uh, episode and conversation. And uh, uh, and I enjoyed your your take, that deeds, not words thing. Um, you know, it's such a, it's such a simple MO, but it's so critical and so universal, whether you're talking supply chain procurement you're talking or, or anything else in life. So yeah. I appreciate you spiking the football on that. <laughs> Absolutely. No. And, and uh, there were three things that really stood out to me. I mean, clearly Marina is an exceptional individual, but as proof, I would like to offer up these three things, starting with the most Please. important one. Her husband admits when she's right. This is, <laughs> this is huge. I know it was not the focus of our conversation. That is an accomplishment, but the fact that she's a successful marketing services procurement professional, I cannot stress how difficult that is building that trust, especially when people don't want to be involved. That is an unbelievable achievement. And then of course, working and living through the circumstances that she and her family find themselves in and doing it with hope for the future and a smile on her face. She is truly an exceptional mm. individual. I'm so thrilled we got to interview her. I uh, completely agree. And an inspiration, uh, you know, as, as you were saying earlier, when you think you've got problems, you know, I know. put yourself in other folks' shoes. So uh, big thanks again to our guests here today, Marina Trepova uh, with International Procurement and Supply Chain Management. Uh, big thanks to Kelly Barner. Uh, check out Dial P for Procurement here at Supply Chain Now. Check out Buyer's Meeting Point. Check out um, uh, Art of Procurement. A lot of good things uh, that you're, uh, Kelly, I'm, I'm not sure how you get any sleep in life. Uh, you're up so much, but uh, admire your work and thanks for your time here today. Absolutely, Scott. Thank you for inviting me to join you. You bet. Okay, folks, hopefully you uh, enjoyed today's conversation. Hopefully you drew not only best practices and uh, a different perspective on this journey we're all on, but inspiration from our guest. Uh, I'll tell you what, um, I sure did. Uh, so we're going to conclude like we normally do. But really, I think it, it adds a lot more meaning when we when we sit down and, and learn from folks like Marina. You know, you got lots of choices in this life. But on behalf of Kelly and me and the whole team at Supply Chain Now, we urge you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.